Welcome back. I think we're on episode 12 today, officially. Uh, thanks for you guys that are coming to watch again. Appreciate the love and support. We look to keep on growing this family in the XFL Insider Podcast. <clears throat> Before we actually get to go into the show, I uh, want to introduce contributor Avion Plummer again. Avion, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Matt. How, how are you? I'm very good, very good. Ready to talk a little bit of XFL today. I got an interview at the end to stream with Shane, but in the meantime, I mean, you got a few topics we can discuss, I feel like, and get some, some good information out to everyone at home. Absolutely. A lot of news in XFL this, um, this week. Yeah, it was a pretty exciting past couple of weeks, no doubt, uh, with the IFL combine going, as well as hearing some news about people actually signing the NFL teams. It's been a great week for the league. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, man. Let's do it. All right. Avion, so before we get started, I know we did our interview. I kept calling you Avion. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to address that on air. I apologize. I really do the best we can with the names here. Uh, Oh, no. It's it's okay. It took took my grandmother 15 years to pronounce my name correctly, so (laughs) so don't worry about it. (laughs) No worries, man. Uh, All right. So let's talk about... Uh, the players that have been signed to the NFL from the XFL. We're running about 45 total now. Is that correct? Yeah, about 45 total um, to date. Um, we had a lot of um, in the XFL players who signed with the um, NFL teams, especially for um, to the Atlanta Falcons, which was huge. So it's, it's a lot of good names out there, you know, that, you know, got the opportunity and now are, are, are taking the opportunity to the big leagues no doubt no doubt now on screen i've got the official list from xfl it is updated and inaccurate so just scrolling through it maybe people at home are watching uh biggest name on here man i mean i I know you see me wearing my saints gear today right Uh, john trey kirkland my guy he made it to the (laughs) saints down in new orleans excited to watch him Actually heading for a practice tomorrow as media, get to approach him, talk to him, uh, get some videos and pictures and updates. So look forward to that greatly, greatly down in New Orleans. Yeah. Any other names on here yeah. that are big to you? Yeah, I, I you just named him. You know, Kirkland was one of the best wide receivers before injury, you know. But he, he was dominating the league with the Roughnecks. I think the one the big ones for me is Abram Smith. You know, it yes, took sir. him quite a while to get signed. You know, got a couple of invites through the off season to have the Minnesota Vikings pick him up and to compete for a roster spot. I think is huge. Um, yeah, you know, we had like Matthew Sexton signed with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, another one, and all around we have a lot of good signings. You know, we're gonna see how these guys do preseason first preseason, but you know, a, a lot of good names out there. No doubt, no doubt. And what I've noticed about this, too, is the XFL is really doing a good job at, at updating these graphics and such now. There at first, mm-hmm. it was kind of like we were finding out a lot of our information from Twitter. Uh, yeah. Instagram. Now they're staying ahead. We're getting some actually good stuff to look at amongst fans and engagement. Yeah, I think the XFL did a great job, you know, communication side, just getting out there tagging the players in their posts and make sure you know how to find those players and um just basically saying that hey you know we, we support you and you know this is what we preach about opportunities so 
I'm glad the XFL is doing this and it's giving the fans and XFL players all something to be excited for. Yes, sir. No doubt. It makes me excited seeing these guys make it regardless of if they stay or not. Uh, It's just like me being down here local in New Orleans. Uh, This is going to give me great, great reason to watch my Saints play. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, yeah man abram smith looks looks good i'm excited i think he's got the opportunity to do some big things there uh he signed with the vikings if people at home don't know that that should be a successful spot for him considering dalvin cook is no longer with that team yeah and um alexander madison has been dealing with some injuries issues this camp so you know it's going to give abram some more reps um you know the Minnesota Vikings are probably going to limit Madison this preseason. I'm I'm be kind of surprised if he play at all, but you know look look to Abram um, Smith to get you know some second half carries, um, some more touches throughout the preseason. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now that's what's funny here is John Trey is, is New Orleans and that's my team, and then <laughs> Abram went to the Vikings and that's your team. Yeah. Pretty ironic <laughs> how it worked out, bro. Yeah, got two of the best. Um, you know. I would say one of two of the best players in the XFL going through um, teams that are, are stable and in, in a good environment. you got the New Orleans Saints that, you know, have a history of having great skill position players, you know, and all around good team. And the Minnesota Vikings came off a playoffs appearance to have a backup running back that can help carry the load. is It's always going to be helpful. Yes, sir. Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Congrats to the guys that, that are signing. There will be more, I'm sure. We're, we're still having injuries pop up from NFL training camps daily. Yeah. So, I'm sure there will be more. I mean, literally, I'm hearing at least, at least, I feel like two, I'm hearing at least two career season injuries a day almost coming out of camps. Not necessarily, yeah. but but very close to that. So I yeah, think there'll be opportunities there for everybody to to show out and show up. And regardless, if not, we'll see them back at home with, with their teams next year like normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on, dude. Let's talk a little bit about 8-1. Uh, there was a lot of hoopra. There was a lot, a lot of hoopra and engagement regarding this topic. <laughs> Personally, I was hoping we'd look at the schedule or at least some scheduling in terms of like maybe the championship or the playoffs. But instead, we got the season tickets. Now, when I say season tickets, I know they are available for purchase from most markets. But in Houston and Vegas, you're still actually having to put a deposit down and wait. Um, yeah. You got any, any feedback on these topics? Um, Just, you know, it's what we expected, you know, with the renovations and, you know, what's going on with the um, down in Houston. Um you know, for us, we can look at it as a good thing because they're upgrading like the stadium, you know, making it to new facilities and everything around it. So, you know, there's reports about them going to Wright Stadium and, you know, um, or other stadiums. So we got to keep an eye on that. The Vegas situation is mystery. Um, and, you know, we're still waiting for news on that, you know, whether they're going to readjust Casman's build, you know, to make it, you know, I guess more presentable, you know. But, I, it, it's just a wait and see, and hopefully the XFL put out some communication, some information before the season starts and not like a couple of weeks before. Exactly. So hopefully we'll hear something soon. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, that was when the, the announcement first dropped, that was one of the things I did was I was like, okay, let's see. If, if I want to buy tickets for DC, let me go through all the way to the process and see if I can do it. 
you can pick your seats for DC. You can you can grab your ownership of that seat for the season. But as you go to the Vegas page here, you can see we're TBD on va- playing venue, and then we can only put the deposit down on seats. So I don't know if they're contacting people afterwards or what, but just just wanted to bring up this topic. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it we're, we got plenty of leadway and plenty of time to address all of these concerns, and the fact that they're still getting positive feedback with this is a good indication of, of fan engagement for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, this is some some of the things we've been harping on. You know, communication. You know, giving you know uh, information out to the fan base. You know, not keeping waiting. And um, so far they've done very well. Um, like I said, we got waiting and see, but um, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, again, it's all about the time schedule, you know, when are they going to give us this information? So that's really important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're waiting patiently for that schedule. I know I am myself. Absolutely. I mean, in, in terms of matchups, is there anything you're hoping to see specifically this year, Avion? <sighs> Man, um, I'm interested to see once I figure out who's going to be starting quarterback. A lot of teams, you know, like – Sea Dragons, you know, this going to be interesting as well. But I would say I want to see that we mess up Arlington and D.C., you know. Mostly they got all the guys coming back from quarterback standpoint. And, you know, it's going to be a, a fight. So, you know, it's, we want to see what Bob Stoops, you know, kicked up. Um, and we want to see what um, Greg Williams on the defensive side, you know, what areas he's going to address in that secondary that struggled the second half of the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking towards that. Agreed, agreed. Now, I got some comments from people. I just want to pop them up. So, John here, <clears throat> XFL and NFL are sharing data, making the pickups quicker. I mean, I can agree with that. They're definitely communicating. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I tell you that I mean, the XFL and NFL are, are, are just totally separate entities, though. I mean, yeah. to just get these media credentials to be able to attend tomorrow, I mean, that's a big deal, and it was tough. So, um yeah. yeah, but I feel you though, John. You're right. And Mike's chiming in. Mike says Rice Stadium is being mentioned. Rice is being mentioned, and it's heavily favored from my opinion. I don't know. It's all speculatory. Uh, Rice is close to the stadium there that they played in previous also, so it wouldn't be too much of a change-up in terms of location. It's definitely a different venue, but in terms of location, it's very close to where they were, were previous. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, man, let's get back into it. While we're talking, I know you said you're you're curious about who's going to be where. I mean, let's let's talk about the IFL to XFL combine. I mean, this is going to be big. We're going to see some of these guys from this combine fill gaps in places that are in need. I'm sure, such as O line or or D line. Uh, what do you, what do you think so far coming out? I mean. I know we had around 200 athletes attend. I don't know exactly. This is here. This is from rumors, and this is from things I've been told. Do you know any precise numbers on that? Um, it, it was on 200. Um, one out here as well. Um, not confirmation. They kind of been like tight-lipped about the combine, so you know we we, we get information from here and there. Um, so I think uh, that's around that number. I think you're correct. Yes, sir. Now, from what I understand, IFL coaches actually picked who they sent to that combine. So depending on the team, they picked the athletes that were going. Uh, Uh It was very well organized from what I heard. You'll hear Shane. He'll talk more about it uh, at the interview at the end. But seemed like it went great. It seemed like there was a lot of skill there and everything there was um, evaluated correctly. 
and, and gave them the resources they needed to really pick who's who amongst these IFL guys. Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I think, um, like I said before, a lot of these athletes who, who went to this combine are D1 level athletes that went to big name, big, uh, big name schools that have put up good numbers, you know, you know, and I've been very impressed about what I'm hearing, what they've been sharing on their social media. They've been praising the XFL and thanking them for the combine and how they had a good time. So I think all around, it was a good experience for, for all players. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I know, I know you've done a lot of heavy fan research at home. You, I know you told me a couple of days ago, I mean, you were, you were looking at social medias, you were checking pictures, you were, you were nailing a way to yeah. find out who was there. How many athletes did you actually research in total for that? Just, just in general. I know, I mean, you, you had to do this on your own. So. Yeah. I, I in total, I found around 46 players, um, around 46 players. Um, I ran down, scouted around 11, um, players went through their tapes, um, their college games, some of their pro games as well, uh, trying to get more in depth, um, like their ideals and, you know, their player types and everything like that. So it took about six hours, about six to seven hours. Uh, but thank you to the IFL uh, athletes for sharing their um, their IG stories and letting us know, you know, who was there and, you know, and, and who wasn't. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, we have had some communication with those athletes, and we don't want to say anything yet until we get some official, uh, official dates on the calendar. But but we should have some interviews coming from some of these top athletes. So look for that at home, guys. Yeah. So Avion, tell me, out of the twenty, let me hear your top five. Who do you think was the best of the best amongst these guys? Well, it's kind of hard to pick the best of the best out of you guys because so much talent out there. Uh, but I'm gonna start with number one, um, Isaac Zico, one of the, the top prospects coming out of the IFL. He's um, one of my favorites, you know, wide receivers. You, you know, in college he went to Purdue, um, called 43 uh, receptions, 700 yards for six touchdowns his senior year. Wow! But just but just exploded in the IFL this past season with 80 receptions, 845 yards, and 21 touchdowns. Wow! This guy is a scoring machine. Um, he's not much of a speed speedster, but he is a, a great route runner. Runner got great hands. He can catch, catch the ball in con contact, and he he's one of those players that you know, one of one of those dependable receivers that can become a deep threat. He's six one, two hundred pounds, a good size receivers. I, I compare him to Bernard Berrien, the uh, ex uh, Chicago Bear. The um. Had a good solid career, uh, you know. He wasn't a speed guy himself, but this guy, um, Zico, uh, is one of the best on wide receivers coming out of this um, IFL um, class that's trying to get to the XFL. Yeah, well, I got the highlights up right now. I mean, he's he's got yeah. hands, he's got speed, he's got power. Yeah, I mean, this he's got agility. This this man is absolutely special, um, and you know, in the right system, I, I believe. Uh, a place like San Antonio, um, you know, would be perfect for him in that system. That that they need another deep threat, um, as well. Um, he can plug him in in, in DC because they lost a lot at, at receiver, as well. You know, this guy can basically fit anywhere in any scheme, slot outside. You know, Z X. You know, he has the size for it and and the discipline on his routes. 
to move to any um any parts of the field. And you see that one-handed catch, man. This guy's got great ball control, concentration. That was against Ohio State, you know. So so you know how 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 good those Big Ten defenses are. So um yeah, it's he, he's something special. No doubt, no doubt. Excited to see where he ends up, no doubt. Even if it's not, like I said, XFL, I mean, he's definitely got the skill to be somewhere doing something. Look at this. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's insane, you know. You know, um, it's going to be interesting to see. He wants to be on the big stage, you know. He he wants this opportunity. And he he's meant to be on the big stage, you know. Um, I, I believe he got a lot more um, to prove. But under the right system in the XFL, under the right coach, um, this guy could be a steal. Yes, sir. Agreed. Appreciate that take. I look forward to seeing where Isaac ends up and, and watching him play next year. Absolutely. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to our next athlete, man. Yeah, it's my this is one of my another one of my personal favorites is Rivers. Um, play defensive back, play for the Green Bay Blizzards. Um, you know, he went to about Bandosta uh, State. Uh, senior year at, um, around 61 um, around 61 tackles. Um, this guy's a tackle machine, man. This guy flies across the field. He's the most phys- physical defensive back I ever seen. Um, my player comparison of him is like a taller Bob Sanders slash Roy Williams of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. People forget about Roy Williams. He was one of the most physical defensive backs um, in the NFL. Yes, sir. This guy got great ball hawking skills. He got fly across the field. He he got great awareness. Um, he's he, he has good speed on him. Um, and but he number one he can also cover the deep ball. DC needs a guy like this. You know, a guy that can fly down the field, track the ball, and beat those speedy um speedy receivers like a Tyler Vaughn in Arlington or or a, a PZ in Seattle. This yes, guy is is an absolute stud. And look at this guy can knock the ball out. <laughs> very physical. So, very, very physical. Very, very physical guy. Very physical guy, you know. And I, I'm I won't be surprised if he goes in the first round in the draft. Um, this guy can play special teams. This this guy know how to punch out the ball, you know, like a Charles Tillman, you know, kind of, you know, in that same category. And he loves contact. And Axel is a contact physical league. So we need guys like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look I mean, at that catch, man. man I'm seeing it, man. It pops. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this guy is special. And, you know, and, and, and this is what the combine is all about. It's finding those missing guys that people miss from these smaller universities. And the fact that scouts miss this man is, even while you just, it's mind-boggling, you know. So hopefully he get drafted. Um, teams, like I said, D.C., I know Joey Porter and Highest Ward will love him in, in San Antonio as well. Vegas needs help in the secondary. He would be yep. perfect um, as well. So, um, yeah, I know Coach Buck was a DB. He coached Xavier Rhodes, um, all pro corner already. So having him under um, Coach Buck will help him a lot um, in, in Orlando. So this guy, he, he can go to multiple teams and help out from day one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looks good. I'm going to finish up this highlights. Let him do his thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, this guy just, this guy's most physical defensive back. I scouted from this I, IFL. Um, and, it, and it's, and, you know, it, 
it takes talent to be this physical. You know, it takes heart to, to be this physical, and this guy got it. Yeah, yeah I mean, this guy got it. Relentless. You can tell. This guy just catched the ball like right there, you know. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Understood. So his time in the Green Bay Blizzard, how, how long has he played there? Do you know? I'm just curious. Uh, I think it was around two two seasons. Um, cool. I try to go back. It's not a lot of information, but um, yeah. no but worries. um, his his stats for the uh, Green Bay um, well, his stats for for the Green Bay Blizzard for six one tackles. But Ron Dosa State senior year, his stats were thirty nine tackles, two interceptions. He's six one, two hundred pounds, good size defensive back. Um. And and at that six one um, size, you know, you know he can cover tight ends and to um to the outside um number one receiver. So this guy can plug in. You can plug him in anywhere. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Looks good, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, this is a name I would have never heard if you wouldn't have sent me this information. So great yeah. insight on these on these guys coming in. Yeah. Let's move on to our next man. Um, next guy, you know, Jay Jackson Williams coming out of FAMU, um, and Florida State. Um, he's one of those projects, um, um, prospects, 6'6", 330 pounds, offensive tackle, uh, was a tight end actually in Juco. Uh, he was a tight end defense lineman. Um, during his tight end at, at Juco, he caught 17 touchdowns to 700 yards. Um, so he, he is, you know, a guy who was tight end, got good feet. He um, reminds me of a, um, I know I said Phil Lodeholt earlier, but kind of like a Joe Staley of the 49ers, all pro left tackle. There was a tight end that switched over to left tackle and Blossom. He needs some work. Um, he did struggle against um, some speed rushers uh, off the line, but under the right coach and with that size and that frame, it is much needed. He could be an all XFL all pro player in, in, in two years time. You know, he, um, here we're watching some of his um, highlights in Tropical Bowl, um, and you know he's he's a, a tower man, a monster on the edge that can you know develop to cover um, your typical um, pass rushers in the XFL like a Peter of the Vegas Vipers, the uh, XFL MVP. Then you know um, you know some teams need a left tackle like that, and especially for last year, the first half of the season, a lot of teams struggled with offensive linemen. Kind of got a little bit better, but he will fit right well in, in San Antonio. Yeah, you know, for just sure. to have, have um, block Jack Cones on blind side, you know, will be a great plus. You know, he's one of the few offensive tackles that, you know, just stood out to me in the IFL combine. And, you know, he, he has talent. You know, like I say, he got the size, he got the footwork for it. Uh, he, he gets off the ball. You know, he, he needs some work, um, you know, but. You know, more time to wake one. This guy should be a beast. Understood. Understood. Let's, we don't want no cozy winners going on. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. But, yeah. I mean, any team can use him, no doubt. I think, with the exception of maybe DC, everybody needs help up front. So, yep. he, he will be picked position. up. Yep. yep no doubt. You got to be fast and you got to be big. So, it's a little tougher of a spot there. Uh, especially with these speedy DNs and D tackles that are in the league. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on to our next man up. Next one's Byron Cooper. Um, I, I I love this guy. This guy just flashed off my screen. Um, he reminds me of Chris Clemens. He is a speed rusher, 
gets off the ball. He, he is the fastest defensive end in the IFL that gets off the snap. Um, you know, he, he is a sack master. He was fourth in the IFL in sacks. He had around three three sacks. He is um, uh, undersized you know, DN, um, just six foot, 220 pounds, but that's fine. You know, we see a lot of un- undersized defense in or defense linemen that blossom in the NFL. And in, in the um, XFL, NFL, you got to be versatile. You got to be quick. And this guy is just a, a speedster. Um, he's physical. Um, you know, he's, you, you know, he's tackle machine and he just quick. Um, he's the most quick, uh, quickest player I've ever seen. Uh, here we, we're watching him, you know, just beating up um, office linemen, you know, and you can tell he, he's been in the IFL and uh, spring leagues and you see how he just explodes, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's something that you need. Um, I would love to see him um, and some, on some, XFL um, teams like uh, um, St. Louis, you know, um, they need some edge rushers, some spacers on, on that side of the ball. Um, as St. Louis wasn't too, you know, known for pressure at the quarterback, but to have, um, you know, somebody on that on on that defensive front, uh, a rotational player, it can it, it it can help them out a lot, you know. But this guy just, you know, he's he is um, a prospect that you know. In the in the right um under the right defensive scheme, we can look at around eight to nine sack guy a season in, in XFL. Here he just you know knocks the ball out quick. You know, got good hands too. You know, so you know it's something that you um that you need. Just like Rivers, he can knock the ball out. You know, and here. A little spin move, a little you know something that you need, and yeah. Do you know how old he is? I'm curious. So on my, I'm just wondering. I mean, he looks like a freak, man. He's fast. Yeah, yeah. It says on uh, here. I believe he's 28 years old. I had to double back. Um, his oh, so age. he's got plenty of time to, to. He got. He got. He got plenty of time. And this guy just. Yeah, this guy is good, and you know, to to know where to use your hands, spin on that defensive line front. You know, it's not it's not your average like young player rookie. He has some experience. He is seasoned, and he knows how to locate the ball. And it's something that Byron Cooper, I believe, will be picked up either in the second or third round of the XFL draft. Um, mainly because he is a, a little bit older player, but for a talent like this, it doesn't really matter, man. It just you know you know. The first season or second season, this guy can, you know, can average around seven, seven to eight sacks a season. So he has to gain a little bit more weight. You would love to see your defense in a little bit more bigger. Um, so it'd be interesting to see maybe they might pin on that weak side linebacker position instead. Arlington just lost a one a pro linebackers to the CFL. Um, you know, um, the uh, Arlington Winnegar. So maybe he can plug on that Bob Stoops on defense. Um, but you know, yeah, that's the only thing my knock against him. He is, you know, if you're gonna play DN in the um in a down stance, you have to be a little bit bigger, not at 220, 225, at least 245 or 250. Yeah, yeah. A player like that seems like he could definitely slide into that linebacker role easily if needed to, though. Yeah, he's a I call him Chris Clemens of the Seattle Seahawks. My my player comparison guy that was quick. Um, um, who came? Who came into the league to the Raiders? They moved to Seattle under Pete Carroll, 
who pinned on that edge. He was kind of Chris Clemens was kind of that DN linebacker kind of um, player, you know that that um that switched from time to time. He reminds me just like him. Just need to, you know, Chris Clemens wasn't the biggest guy, but you know he he was the more fastest guy on on that edge. So it's something that you um you definitely need for any team. Yes, sir. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's move on to our last man. Now, I don't know—is this—is he this the best for last? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say he, um, Clayton Glasgow. Um, for me, is the one of the best linebackers. Um, come, um, coming from the San Diego Strike Force, um, this guy is physical. Uh, he loves to hit. He, he, um, you know, he he is um good in in the run game. Um, you know, you know he. As you can see right there, he's just a powerful linebacker. Um, he um, he's one of the um, best. Came out of Indiana State University, listing as listing in at six one, two hundred twenty pounds. Um, his senior year had forty six tackles, four sacks, and one interception back in two thousand nineteen. He's still a young player. My player comparison for him is Antonio Pierce, who like a guy that's you know that hits the gap, you know that explodes off the ball. They know how to command a defense. You know, you always need a guy in the middle that can command and sniff out the run. You know, you know we have some talented um, running backs in the league like Patrick and uh, San Antonio. You know that you need a physical linebacker to hit that gap and tackle a big guy like that. You know, so you know this guy would be excellent in one game. Still like to see him in the. Um, more in coverage, um, practice more in coverage, but you know he is not afraid of contact. Matt, this guy is is a is one of the best linebackers in the IFL. Understood, understood. Yeah, I'm just watching these highlights, dude. Is yeah, just he rocking just, it, man. He's he, he just knocking, <laughs> he just knocking dudes out, man. It just you know you can't teach um um stuff like this. The guy that can sniff out the screen. That can got speed. Who is young? He just graduated less than four uh, four years ago, Matt. Yeah, he's so, patient. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't go after it unless it's there, you know. And that's what you need, you know. That's that's definitely what you need. Um, and 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 th- this guy can plug on into that mic position. Um, and you know, a, a guy that is very special. Um, as you can see here, he loves to locate the ball. Um. You know, he did have some um, picks um, as well. But, yeah, the, Antonio Pierce uh, was my comparison because uh, back in the 2006-2007 when he was with the Giants, he was doing the exact same thing, locating the ball, wasn't afraid to hit, hit anybody. You know, it helps when you got to face Brandon Jacobs in practice every day. You know, so, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah, so just, uh, um, just having Glasgow in his combine, I expect this man again to be in the second or first round um, draft pick easy. Um, you know, we want to see where, where he ends up. Um, but I, I think he's uh, one of the best. Understood. Understood. Now, in terms of the actual draft, do you know the date of that? Um, currently, I do not. I know the date. I know. if I can find it online real quick. Yeah, I. Maybe it's in a hers in a couple months, but I'm not too sure. I know um, it's in October. I just don't know the exact day. Yeah, I mean, it, if it's in October, I think it'd be good because you can get a lot of these IFL players in shape. 
because the mini camp should be coming up soon after, um, you know, later this um, this year. Um, so definitely got to follow up and see where when is the IFL draft. Um, um, but yeah, it's a lot of talent, Matt. I mean, this is just top five. You know, you got a lot of big receivers in this draft pool. A lot of six four, six three receivers that had injury problems come out of college, but are talented, you know, and, yep. you know, it's, you know, it's, yeah, a lot of these guys are special and can step into day one and help the XFL team. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them you talk to personally as well, they're hungry. They're ready to they're go. Hungry. They're ready to run through a brick wall for their team. I promise. I so. mean, this is what the XFL is for, you know, getting from the mainstream media, um, ESPN, we have over 45 players this signed. Over 90 players get player invites to workouts and stuff like that. You know, this is what these guys want. And thanks to the XFL, um, it's giving them that, that opportunity. Yes, um, sir. We'll, we'll, we'll see the results from the combine hopefully soon. Um, but, yeah, it, it, sh- it should be a good draft. Agreed, agreed. Now, we got some comments at home. Start with you, Michael. What's up, Michael? Michael Lathrop, Player 54 Mike. podcast. Great guy, great host. Uh, great Absolutely. show if you guys check him out if you haven't seriously we'll have him on he again has a soon great podcast. Oh, I yeah, love great. his podcast I love it I've been watching it since before I started my shindig and, and much respect to him he's the reason why I know about the Orlando uh, stadium situation and everything so he, he's a very insightful person agreed agreed so we got a comment from John Here, check it out can you read this um Kurt yeah, so Warner Kurt said Warner, transition yeah. into the NFL from arena yeah. ball was easy because the windows to throw the ball are so small in the arena ball. Is there a QB that sticks out? Was there any quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, we know we got TJ Hilliard. Uh, that's one. I'm not sure if he was actually there, though. So Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of this stuff on the quarterbacks is kind of tight lip. I try to find them. Um, but I'm looking for maybe TJ Edwards. or yep, yep. Um, But I – not too sure, so I didn't want to confirm. I still got to look uh, more into it, but a lot of the linebackers and skill positions, those are the guys that were mostly posting it, and those are the guys that they research on. So hopefully we can find quarterback um, um, that could be in this draft. Um, so, yeah, I would look more into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, John, but this is all stuff he did on his own. This We don't have a official source of what's happening. This is, I mean, this is his thorough research of looking – finding these names on social media and then researching those guys as we go. As soon as we have something official, you can bet we'll be talking about it and be discussing Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, so interesting. That's I had Shane on and and he told me he was a kicker. So he was kicking. They were actually kicking at a pole. They weren't kicking at a field goal post, but he said it was accurate and, and was efficient. So I guess it held its purpose, but that's, it's one of those innovative technology things that I'm sure the XFL is leading the charge on once again. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of new technology with the, with the jumps and the grip, you know, not the innovations they don't, um, in the XFL. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that translates to on the field. Uh, it's one thing to use at a combine bit. It has to translate to on the field, but uh, it's been some positive reviews and we'll see how um, it, it does. Yes, sir. Agreed. Like I said, Shane McInerney said it went great. So he's a professional and talking to him, I can see if, if it didn't go well and it wasn't set up correctly, 
I would have heard that feedback. And I've talked to a couple other guys who said the same thing, but it's not official. So don't want to, don't want to say anything, you know? Absolutely. So, okay, let's do it. We got a couple questions here again, John, this is one he had before the Kurt Warner question was IFL get out of this. Are they getting data from all the throwaways the XFL did not invite to the combine? I mean, I don't really feel like it's something negative. It's it's they're just trying to give these IFL guys opportunity uh, to be seen, to get evaluated, to get yeah. accurate data. Uh, it, in terms, I don't think they're competing. This is all a team focus. So, if if these guys do slide up to the XFL, cool. If not, they still got that data. They still got the network connections. They got the experience of the combine. So, I feel like there's a lot of different positives there, uh, besides just you know stealing the IFL's players or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pipeline. You're establishing a pipeline, just like the AFL back in the day with Kurt Warner. They established a pipeline to the NFL. I mean, where Kurt, um, Kurt Warner stepped in and started balling out? They were like, okay, what other AFL players are out there that we're missing, you know? That can be the same thing for the IFL. It can be like a pipeline to IFL, to the XFL, to the XFL, to the NFL. You know, where, where you're going to attract more talent to the IFL. You know, saying like, you know, if I go to the IFL, I can make my way to the X, um, to the NFL. You know, instead of, instead of just being like an NFL all, you know, I'll make it, that's it. You know, you're building that relationships. You're building, you're getting talented guys from the IFL to the XFL to the main stage to where people can be aware of where they came from. And they ball out on TV. I mean, I mean talent, people are going to find talent no matter where you go. Yep. And, if, if, and if these IFL are talented and ball out on ESPN and the XFL, it's going to be good for the uh, IFL uh, league and maybe attract more sponsors or more um, views to their league. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. 100% with everything you said. Uh, one more question, and we kind of talked about this a little bit already. Do you all know when we will start seeing IFL, IFL players from the Combine sign with the XFL? I mean, you can expect probably September, October, they're supposed to have another draft pertaining to this event. Yeah. Um, we don't know yeah, the dates I, officially yet. And I don't want to, I'm not comfortable saying anything without having some kind of media press release. Yeah, I expected to sign right after the draft um, because they got another draft, the last one, the free agent draft um, coming up. So they want to have, they want to fill out their rosters as soon as possible before mini camp. And this way they can evaluate the talent that they have because they got to start making cuts yep. um, from the 90 man uh, roster. So they want to do everything quickly as possible. So um, look forward. I'm definitely going to be monitoring that when they press release in the communications department on, on the draft. Is it going to be televised or not? Just wait and see. But as of right now, we're just working with the information that we have. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great answer. Great answer. Agreed. Uh, guys, before we hop off, that's about <clears throat> that's about all we got on the IFL draft. If you have any questions, please comment. I'll ask. We'll talk about it. If we have the answers, we'll say it. But, I mean, the way we're trying to do this is, is we're trying to put out accurate information that we're not pulling out of our, our, our head. We're actually trying to find these sources and nail down what's going on. Yeah, I'll be on. I mean, great, great list, man. That's a good top five. I'm, I'm looking at the full list here. I mean, you've got a great full list as well, but we'd spend a whole nother hour discussing it. Yeah, if that was absolutely. The case. I mean, that's the exciting part about it. You know, it's a lot of talented guys that are out there. You know, it's just not, you know, not just the NCAA that has talent. You know, other leagues or other um, sectors around the country has NFL quality talent or XFL talent quality talent and it's you know it's good that we 
giving these guys spotlight. You know, so yeah, I I think that's really important and it's exciting, man. So agreed, agreed. that's what we enjoy to do. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good time, and this this combine's really gave us something to do the past few days, and not harp on the same stuff that we've been talking about for the past month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Avion, man, it, good work. We appreciate you greatly. Um, like I said, after this, we're gonna stream that interview with Shane. McAconerney. Uh so I, if I said that wrong, Shane, I'm sorry. I try my best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was a good guy. We had a talk yesterday. We talked for about 45 minutes or so discussing his career, what he's wanting to do in terms of professional kicker kicking and, and even like his future in terms of just working. Uh, the guy's got a really good head on, on his shoulders and I see him with his skill doing something um, in one of these leagues. And my recommendations, I know he's XFL material, but I mean, I don't, I don't make those calls. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of teams need kickers. I mean, we had a good season of kickers with Russo and Romo, and you know, a lot of good kickers. But um, teams need kickers, you know. And if you're talented and you can be the next Justin Tucker, you know, there's always a spot for you on any team. Yes, sir. No doubt. Agreed, a hundred percent with that statement. There's a lot, a lot of spring alt sports kickers that are still thriving comfortably in the NFL setting. And so you, you shine, show out, you're going to be where you want to. He had such a good work ethic, man. I mean, this guy's been everywhere around the world, so it was pretty interesting. You have to check it out. Uh, yep. Enjoy getting to know him greatly. But in the meantime, Avion, appreciate your contribution today. Guys, check for Avion to be back on to add to more pieces like this or join episodes. We should yep. have some different interviews coming up also that he'll be active in. Uh, appreciate his assistance. It, it's really good to be able to have some content to discuss. That's not just all coming from me. So appreciate you, Avion. I look That's forward all. to what you bring to the table in the future. No appreciate doubt. It. Appreciate yes, it, sir. Before you sign out, man, why don't you tell us any your social handles as well as any, any future projects you may be working on or anything notable for the people at home? Yeah, my, my social on Twitter is um, avionp2418. Um, you know, that's where I, I, you know, I share a lot of XFL information, you know, comment a lot. Um, future projects, again, just focusing on the on this draft and just um, player transaction, um, see what happens throughout the season and trying to um, monitor um, some new potential signees to the XFL. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. And um and as the season um or the all season progress, you know, try to get prepared for this twenty twenty four season. I like it. I like it. Yep. We got there's a whole team of individuals that are working with the podcast now and have joined the team. And you notice I say team because it, it, it this is a team, and so far the collaborations have have definitely changed the concepts of our conversation and all of us have definitely got some different ideas and uh, approaches to how we handle this stuff so avian i think you did a great job man i look forward to your future and seeing what you put out for us and yeah man thanks again you're welcome and, and thank you too matt yes sir we'll see you next time sir all right so about to stream the interview with Shane McInerney. Uh, it's super good guy. I had a good conversation with him yesterday. He's out in Arizona. 
look for him. Seriously, he's a big kicker. He's got the skills to back it up as well. So that's the best part. His numbers don't don't lie. They speak for themselves. With his time in the IFL and as well as his college play, uh, there are highlights available for him. So check them out. Anywho, uh, like always, uh, don't forget Tuesday we have Anthony Miller coming on. Uh, he's going to join us, talk to us about some fan engagement stuff, and as well as just fill us in on, on more about him. Curious to know more about him as a, as a writer and journalist. He's a very busy man, many, many different sports covers. So I look forward to hearing more about that. Uh, like I said, tomorrow heading to Saints training camp, I uh, got credentialed, so, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to meet, meet all the guys from Houston that are there as well as anybody else that's on the roster that, that may be an XFL player, see what kind of content I can't wrangle up with them and talk to them about and at least get some quotes and, and ask them how things are going. Look forward to that greatly. I'm, I'm not far from new Orleans, so this should work out perfect in the long term. Really want to give some coverage to these guys, especially as they continue with their success in the league. And if they don't, it's fine, too. We'll, we'll watch them with the XFL or wherever they may be. But yeah, so that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Can't wait for that. That's why I'm wearing my Saints gear. <laughs> but anywho, we got a big guest list this month. The schedule is out on all social media channels. Check it out. Let me know if you got any feedback, if you want to see anybody. If anybody wants to attend that's got some some kind of resume or qualifications please shoot me a message we'll get you on or at least get you an interview scheduled this has been a learning process but i feel like we're getting pretty good at what we're doing and and i just hope that we're bringing the fans at home the content they need to engage with this league and the players going forward <clears throat> as always thanks to xfl for letting me cover the league it's a great privilege uh, thank you to XFL Board and as well as Ambush Sports. Great places to be and great people to know all the way around. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else on my end. Guys, like, share, and follow. There's some contests going on on the socials. Check them out. I'll say them on air later, but right now, I mean, if you're really interested, just check out Facebook or Twitter and you'll see it. But I think that's all I got, guys. After the interview, we will be done, so you won't see me again. So this is my... Farewell to everyone. Like I said, check for us Tuesday night with Anthony Miller. Should be a good one. And, and yeah, appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate everybody for, for the support and continuing the support as we go. If there's anything you want to see, any content you want, please message me. I'm, I'm pretty active, and I'll, I'll get with you. But that's it for me, guys. Farewell till next time. I'm going to get this interview pulled up and ready. So long, guys. Take care. All right, Shane, we are live. Welcome back. Hey, just want to say a quick shout out to you. Appreciate you coming today, talking to us. How's the weather there where you're at, man? Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Arizona, about 20 minutes from Phoenix, and it's it's uh, pretty hot here. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Sure. It's not too much different than here in Mississippi. We're a little more humid, but I bet that heat is cranking that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. It's actually really good for training. You know what I mean? It's uh, the good thing about Arizona is you can uh, you can kick all year round because the weather's nice, which is great. You know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, guys, today we got Shane McInerney on. Uh, he's, he's an Irish kicker. He's very, very proficient in his skills that he has. Former footballer. He's going to tell us a little bit more about his life and what he hopes to accomplish as a professional kicker moving on in his career. 
uh, Shane, like I said, I appreciate you coming on today, man. I've heard some things about this interview, so people are waiting and watching for this. So thanks, man, and, and look forward to getting to know you. Great. Sounds good. Let's hear a little bit more about how you did in the IFL to XFL Combine. That was yesterday. I know you're pretty busy during during the day on that event. I mean, how, how do you feel your performance went there? Yeah, I was happy. Um, I kicked well. You know, I had a good day. Um, I went in there, you know, I was, I'm a confident guy. I went in there full of confidence. I knew I was going to perform well. Um, I actually done, I probably kicked about 15 balls the day before in Arizona with my uh, my kicker coaches there, Zen, Zen DeJay's brothers. So they're, uh, you know, they're well aware of the XFL and the rules um, in the league and stuff. So they helped me the day before really prepare and the week before uh, prepare for this event. So uh, big shout out to them, yeah. That's awesome, man. So you do have a team around you actually assisting and trying to trying to get yeah. you where you want to be. Yeah, I've got the Zendayas brothers, brothers in Arizona, which I, you know, work out with very, very regularly. I mean, a regular basis, maybe two or three times a week. And uh, really good guys. We uh, we actually meet once a week for a meeting as well, just to talk about football and discuss how I can improve my game. And then I've got Nick Novak and uh, Shane Graham, two former uh, NFL uh, kickers who I, uh, who I work with as well. And they're mentors for me. And, kind of good friends as well who I can ask for for, for advice uh, whenever I want as well, which is great. Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. You really do have the team around you to be successful. Yeah. So going forward in, in terms of your events, can you tell us more about just what you exactly what, – what did you do there at the Combine and, and how did they measure your performance? Yeah, so it was well run. It was very organized. So we got there, you know, um, obviously I'd done my warm-up and uh, I said hello to some former teammates that uh, – I knew from the Rattlers, but after I said hello to them, it was all kind of focused on myself and uh, my performance. So, uh, yeah, I got a good warm-up in, and then the kickers, actually, we were actually kicking into into a pole, you know. There was no goal post there, so we were actually gotcha. kicking a pole. So we had eight field goals, and we'd done six kickoffs. And, uh, yeah, I had a great day. You know, I was very happy with my performance. So um, I'm confident, you know, I've done enough to, to earn an opportunity in the XFL, and that, that's kind of where my mind's at. You know, I want to be playing in the XFL next year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at you, man, I definitely think you do, as well as you're, you seem very cultured. I know you're not from America. Either way it goes, it seems like you're very cultured and educated talking to you. Um, but like I said, let's get more on that here here shortly. I definitely want to hear more about your backstory. Uh, but in terms of, like you said, the events at the Combine, you thought everything was organized correctly and everything was efficient in terms of how it was running? Yeah, no, it was great. It was very organized, you know. You, 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 we got there, you know, you check in at 8.30, AM, you know, you got your uh, you got your shirt and stuff, and you got to talk to some coaches and and stuff like that. And then we got, they got us together at nine AM, and uh, it was very well structured and well put together. You know, um, obviously I was focused on the kick, focus on the on the kicking side of things, and then you know every position had, had different drills and stuff they needed to do. So yeah, it was I was very happy overall. You know, so yes, sir, yes, sir, sounds great. How many athletes do you think attended that event? Just just roundabout idea. Uh, about 200 players or maybe 210, 215 players. Gotcha. And we're talking the best of the best in the IFL? Is that is that what we're talking when we, we think of this? Yeah. 200? Yeah, so it was an IFL to XFL combine because they're partners. Um, they got partners now so to, tr to try and push IFL players up to the NFL – or the XFL, sorry. And, uh, yeah, not every IFL player was there, but it was those players in the IFL that, you know, feel like they deserve a chance in the XFL or – have that ambition to push on and play in the XFL, you know, which is great. Yes, sir. That chance is needed. There's a lot of skilled guys, you amongst many, that way I know just in the IFL. So 
I'm pretty excited just to hear some of the results and see what what athletes we get out of that to be in XFL or or NFL or, or anything else among the way. Uh, yeah. Do you want to share? Is there anything? I mean, funny? Anything happened that that was worth talking about on air? I mean, it, it, while you were at the combine itself, Not, nothing too in particular. Something that was different for me as a kicker was we were kicking into a post, a big pole. You know what I mean? There's a big pole, and we were kicking into the pole. There are two cones either side, but um, so there was not actually a, a post there, goal post, which I thought there would be, which is a lot easier to decide if if a kick goes over or not. But it was really <laughs> yeah. easy. It's pretty easy overall, though, to tell. You know what I mean? Uh, to tell uh, if, if you're, you know, you're aiming at pole. So it was, even though there was, even though it wasn't ideal, there was two cones either side. So it was uh, pretty straightforward. You could tell if a, if a kick was missed or if it was uh, went over. You know, so. Understood. Understood. That's a pretty good description of the events and how you how you did at those events. And we appreciate that greatly. There's a lot of people at home wondering what that consisted of at the combine. So. Definitely gives us more of an idea of what you were doing there. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, there's actually another one as well that the kickoffs are a little bit different. So the XFL rule is, uh, you know, in the NFL, in the NFL, your, your kickoffs could go 70 to 80, to 80 yards, you know what I mean, in the end zone, deep in the end zone. But for the XFL, if you hit a kickoff in the end zone, you uh, the ball comes back to the 40-yard 40 40 yard line. The other team gets the ball at the 40-yard line. So you don't want to hit the ball in the end zone. So you want to hit that ball about 60 to 68 yards uh, deep. Um, so basically, front, you want that ball landing between the 10 and the goal, the, the goal line, you know what I mean, as opposed to the end zone. So that's okay. something that really suits me because uh, in the IFL, you know, it's, it's a little similar to the way the Rattlers wanted me kicking my kickoffs. They wanted them high and deep in the corners, you know. And uh, so that's something that uh, kind of I was prepared for and I felt like my kickoffs were solid, you know, uh, yesterday, which I was happy with, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're actually the the kickoff kicker for the IFL. Also coming in, I thought you were just a field goal kicker. Uh, so I, you, actually, you kick I, it, you do it all. Gotcha, gotcha. So that, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, I'm, kicking in the IFL has to be very different, just in terms of like field width. So I mean, do you feel like that adequately prepared you to be more accurate in your kicks going forward? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, kickoffs and and extra points and field goals because. In the XFL and the NFL, the, the goal posts are uh, 15 yards wide. You're hitting into a 15-yard wide, wide post. Uh, in the IFL, you're hitting into an 8 yards wide wow. post, which means if you're if you're a consistent kicker in the IFL, I feel like you deserve a chance in the outdoor because you're kicking into an 8-yard post, which makes you a very accurate kicker, you know. So the yes, uh, fact that I went 94% um, this year in the IFL, um, you know, I feel like I deserve a chance because those, those kicks that I missed uh, – those six kicks that I missed out of 79 kicks, I believe, uh, would have been over in an outdoor post, you know. So uh, they weren't they weren't big they weren't big misses. They were just uh, you know inches wide, you know. Yeah, that makes total sense, man. I mean, I, I'm feeling what you're putting down, no doubt. Uh, let's talk about your background now. So, um, so go ahead, and tell us where I know you're from Ireland, correct? Yeah. What? How? Let's hear your story as a youth and then making your way all the way over here to play football, American football. Let's just, let's just hear it and roll with it. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so I was born and raised yeah, in Ireland. Uh, you probably hear the accents, but uh, I moved to USA uh, on a soccer scholarship when I was 19. I was playing underage uh, international soccer for Ireland's uh, school boys uh, under 18. And I got offered a, 
multiple scholarships to America to come over to, to play college soccer um, at the age of 19. And I came to a school in New York first called Monroe Community College. I went to a JUCO, JUCO in New York first because uh, my grades weren't big enough to go to a D1 school. So I went to a JUCO first and then uh, done well there and uh, had a great season. And then we ended, I ended up going to finishing off my final three years of college soccer in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, Kaiser University. And also done well there and loved it there. Really, really uh, beautiful place. And uh, yes, sir. Yeah, so then on my senior year, I was uh, named All-American um, for for college soccer. And uh, that kind of allowed me to, to, to have some opportunity to go pro after my college soccer. So I signed my first professional soccer contract uh, in Sweden with uh, Lynch Open City in 2016, a Division One team in Sweden, professional team in Sweden. So I moved there after my college soccer in Florida. I'd done a year there and it went well. And uh, then I moved back to Florida and I played with Jacksonville Armada. Uh, they were a professional soccer team in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. So I played with them in 2018. And then uh, 2019, uh, I had an opportunity to go to Australia. My agent got me a contract in Australia. So I moved to Australia and played with uh, two professional soccer teams over in Australia, one in Melbourne and one in Queensland. Yes, yeah, so I was in uh, COVID in Ireland and I uh, was just, just really bored and decided to buy an NFL ball and a, and a kicking stick. And uh, I was coming back to America coaching soccer in Chicago in 2021 and I reached out to uh, Chris Nendick. I got his number, found his number online. And I, I, I noticed that he trained uh, Jay Kelly of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I figured I'll do a few sessions with him and see how it goes and see if he, if he thinks I have potential. So uh, I've done some sessions with him and he was like, look, you've, you've got a lot of potential um, with this, but you're going to have to put a lot of work in. So there's a few things I had to tweak in regards to my approach to the ball and, and ball contact and stuff. So, uh, I spent the next three or four, three months, I think, just every, nearly every day or every second day, I bought like five balls and I was just like, after soccer coaching or before soccer coaching, but my full-time job, I would go to, a, you know, I'd just go to random fields, like high school fields or uh, around Chicago and I would just practice on my own and I would like practice with Chris Nendick also once a week in Chicago. So uh, I improved a lot. I started posting awesome. videos. I started posting videos uh, on Twitter. I was told about videos on Twitter because uh, I could possibly get a scholarship to college. So, um, yeah, I'd done that. And then a guy reached out to me, uh, Brendan Cahill. He reached out to me on Twitter and was like, hey, man, Shane, can I give you a call? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, I think I've got a full scholarship for you in uh, Purdue State, Nebraska, if you want to take it. He's like, look, it's not going to be as nice as Australia or Florida, but he said you can focus <laughs> on the football and you can really learn. You know, he said the coach there is a CFL coach and a spring league coach as well. So that really appealed to me. And... Uh, then Coach Crean, the coach there, called me that evening and he was like, hi, Shane, look, I'm very interested in you, but I need to see you kick live. So he was actually kicking, he was like coaching actually in the spring league in Indianapolis at the time. So he was like, can you drive to Indianapolis in a couple of days and you get to kick at the Indianapolis Cold Stadium in front of me and I'll decide if I want you or not. So I was like, yeah, that's perfect. So I drove from Chicago. I left at like 4 a.m. in Chicago, like on a Tuesday morning. And wow. I, drove, I drove all the way to Indianapolis and... Uh, uh, I arrived at Indianapolis Cold Stadium, the, the Lucas Oil Stadium, and I kicked in front of him. And look, it went really well. I think I made most of my kicks, and I, I showed that I had a big leg. So uh, he was like, yeah, look, I'd love to have you in Purdue State. And that was starting in like a month later. So and he said, I'll give you a full scholarship. You won't have to pay for anything. And I was like, that's great. So, yeah, I went there, and uh, I ended up going 96% the whole wow. season. So I had 42 kicks like live in a game. And I, I, made four, I, I, yeah, I, met, I had 40 two kicks yeah and i made 40 of them so i went 96 percent and uh 
I ended up uh, being ranked number one kicker in NAIA. Um, I couldn't go D1. I couldn't get eligible for D1, so I had to play NAIA school, which is a smaller level. But um, yes, yeah, I, was, I ended up being ranked uh, number one kicker in the in the country for NAIA in 2022, which is which is great. So I identified as an NFL draft prospect. So um, I entered the draft uh, last year. Didn't get drafted, but I knew that I had uh, the ability to go pro and make a living out of this. So that's kind of the, the steps I took in order to start kicking. So. That's awesome, man. That's that's a really long journey right there. I know you you made it sound like it was fast, but that that's years and work. That's a lot of experience. What <clears throat> so coming coming in, you were nineteen. It took you what two years to make it to to Purdue or not Purdue? I'm sorry. Where did you? No, say I, so I came to America when I was nineteen. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm actually thirty one now. So I have done four years college soccer, and then I've done four years yeah professional soccer. And then, yeah, 29, yeah, 29. So two years ago, I started kicking 29. So, yeah, I kind of went from just learning how to kick a ball in a small Gaelic football field, Irish football field in, in, you know, in Ireland and on long grass and stuff to, to, to four months later kicking at, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, Indianapolis Colts. And then, you know, now I'm, now I'm a professional kicker. I've got, you know, a full year of uh, experience under me. So there's been a lot of progress in two years, which I'm very proud of and very happy that I've, I've, I've done that, you know, so. It's impressive, man. You really had to work for it. You could have went and just played soccer, right? You could have continued your, your soccer yeah. career. Yeah, I knew the soccer career was going to go on until I was 33 or 34, and I would have to just go into coaching and stuff then. But, you know, I love being an athlete, and uh, I know with this kicking thing, I can kick until I'm 40 or 45, you know, and uh, once I stay injury-free, and uh, that's something that appeals to me. You know I mean, I know that I do. I studied a lot of kickers, you know what I mean? I studied Justin Tucker. I studied Jason Saunders. I studied... You know all these kickers that played in the NFL. I I, I knew exactly what their stats were in college, and I knew that. Um, you know, I I monitored that, and I, I knew that like after my year in Nebraska, that you know my stats my stats were actually you know better in college than some of these guys when they were in college. So I knew it was a realistic uh, approach for me to try and go pro. You know, so um, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now tell me. I mean, I saw your six four two forty. You're a big kicker. You look yeah. up a lot of kickers. I mean. There's a few big kickers, but that that's pretty good, especially considering you're still agile and and you have the skills to back up that size. Uh, do you feel like that's going to be a big benefit coming in somewhere? Yeah, I do. I think you know the presence is a big thing as well. You know, like I think uh, there was a guy called Adam Vinatieri who played the Colts. There was another guy called uh, Janikowski. I think Nick Novak refers to me. He reminds me. He, he thinks I, he remi- I remind him of Janikowski. You know, he's a big kicker as well. He had a big leg, so. Yeah, look, it's great. Um, some people are like, "Oh, you know, you should be a tight end. You're not. You're not. You're too big for a kicker." But I don't agree with that. You know, I think uh, anyone can kick once they've got the the kicking ability and the the right ball contact. You know, so um, yeah, um, I said, you know, I'm 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 very happy with my size and uh, my athleticism. You know what I mean? So I think uh, the next few months I'm just gonna keep working here with the guys in uh, in Arizona, Zendaya's brothers, and they'll get me into into really good shape and uh, have me ready for any opportunity that comes comes uh, my way. You know, so. Good, good deal, man. That sounds awesome. You got the team around you to support you. You got the 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 work ethic to ready to come through. I can tell that you're really going to kill it. Yeah, I'm very driven. Like I'm, I'm very driven, you know. And I do have a great team around me. I've got the Zendias brothers here in Arizona, and I've got Nick Novak and Shane Graham, two former NFL kickers who I I work with regularly as well. So they're great guys, and uh, they're the guys I can I can I can you know give them a phone call whenever I want and get advice off them, and they'll talk to me. And Shane actually, the funny thing about Shane is uh. Shane, I reached out to Shane back in 2018 on uh, Instagram. Um, you know, I just put myself out there and messaged him on Instagram. And Shane was just coming out with the NFL, I think, at the time, where he was maybe coaching with the 
Gators, uh, special teams coach with the Gators. And I said, look, Shane, I'm a, I'm a professional soccer player. I was just finished my season with Jacksonville Armada, but I'm trying to go to the NFL. I'm, I'm very driven. I want to go to the NFL. And he kind of replied to me and he was very honest. And uh, he just said, look, it's going to be a very difficult path for you. You know what I mean? You've never kicked an American football before. It's going to be very difficult. And I got a lot of like motivation off that. I just kind of said, I don't like kind of been told that I can't do something. So I kind of got a lot of motivation off that. But I did respect Shane because, you know, Shane played in the league and he had a great, great career in the league and he's a great guy. But um, I set in contact with Shane when I went to Nebraska. And after my season in Nebraska, Shane reached out to me and was like, I'm very happy with how you've handled your business and went about things. And he actually invited me to his house in Michigan um last christmas I, I said in arizona last christmas and i was in arizona working in a in a country in a country club uh, bartending full-time and shane reached out to me he's like do you want to come to michigan next week like during christmas and i was like yeah sounds great so i flew to michigan i spent a week at his house uh just awesome. and we went we, we went and trained every day like in in grand rapids you know we've done gym sessions at his house after and it was fantastic you know he's a he's a top guy he's a he's someone who's going to be a close friend of mine going forward but also a great mentor and uh yeah, it's just amazing how that relationship formed. Do you know what I mean? And it's uh, and something that, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from, you know, especially about the mental side of the game. Yeah, no doubt. That experience, I mean, a lot of those things they can they can help with and they can mentor you in the right position. So it's it's awesome that you have that, man. I mean, most people without that probably wouldn't have made it as far. So, I mean, it's good. Um, congrats, and, and that's good to hear. It makes me know that no matter where you end up, you're going to be successful. Whether that's where you're at now, you'll still stay successful. So, yeah, now, yeah. you said you were a, a bartender. That is that what you do in your off time? You play, and then you also bartend? Yeah, I've got a very broad resume, and I've been all over the world, so I've had a lot of different jobs. I've had jobs in sales. You know I mean? I've done soccer coaching. Um, I've done personal training. Uh, bartenders. I've done security at a bar. So um, actually go work at a bar and surprise in Arizona tonight, somewhere I used to work maybe a year ago. So I picked up a few shifts there. So I'm actually going to be doing security on the door um, for, for them tonight, which, uh, you know, I love. Yeah, it's great. The, the kind of the social aspect of working in a bar is really good. I'm a sociable guy. So, you know, I enjoy that. So it's, it's kind of good because when, when, for instance, the contract ends, I, I find it pretty quickly to pick up uh, work because I've got a broad resume. So it's good in that sense. You know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have an undergrad degree? Do you have did you finish um, that? Yeah, uh, business management. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just curious. That's pretty good, though, man. I know that, that means you got a head on your shoulders. And, yeah. I mean, I respect you knowing that, hey, you go pay and bust your ass in the day, and then you go work at night. So, that, yeah. that's really good, man. I don't like I don't like being bored. You know, I'm very driven, and I like uh, I like making money, you know. So, um, you know, money doesn't <laughs> Don't we <work>. all? <laughs> money doesn't come to your growing trees, you know what I mean? So, you got to work for it. So, um, yeah, I like working. I, I work very hard now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now tell me, I mean, what's the biggest differences in playing American football and your version of football? I mean, it's I know there's a lot, but what what applies and what doesn't apply the differences? I mean, really playing the two sports, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest difference is I played soccer and I was a central defender, and basically there's eleven guys in the field at the time, and like as a central defender, you could have a really good game. But the team could lose. You know what I mean? Like if everyone else doesn't have good games, or like for certain reasons, you, you could have a great game, but the team could lose. Whereas in American football, it's different as a kicker because kicking's very even though, even though you're on a team. And I'm I'm a good team member. You know, I, definitely, I, I feel like I'm a good team member. However, it's very individual. So the team could win the game, and the kicker could have a really bad game, and the kicker could be cut that day, you know, or that night, or the next morning. Whereas the team could also lose the game. I've been in the situations, you know, in Nebraska where, where we lost maybe two or three games, but I've had really good games. I've put six or nine board, 
points on the board, you know, for two or three field goals. So in that in that case, it's like, yeah, you're sad you've lost the game, but you've also kept your job. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is that like kicking is very individual, you know. What I mean, it's kinda of like a whole different thing and you you really need to lock in and focus on yourself, you know what I mean? Uh whereas the soccer was more of a it was football, American football is still a team, you're still a team, but uh um yeah, I hope that understands. And also like as a as a kicker, you also have the a central defender, you didn't really have the chance to kind of win or lose a game for your team, you know. What I mean, it was kind of like you judge throughout your whole performance. You know what I mean, whereas a kicker, like you could, uh, as a kicker in American football, you have the chance to kind of the responsibility to win or lose that game for your team. So you need to be really mentally strong, and you know you need to believe in yourself to do that. And I love having that. I love having the ability and uh, the opportunity to, to to win or to win the game for our team. You know, which is really important. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then I always say, I mean, special teams in, in football is. It is among what you have to have to win and be successful. If you don't have successful special teams, then there's no point in playing. Now, yeah. saying that, I mean, have you heard anything about the NFL adopting the XFL kickoff rule? Have you have you heard any details regarding that? I've actually seen that. Yeah, online. Um, I follow a lot of you know uh, news, you know, like the kicker update pages and stuff like that on online on Instagram and on Twitter. So I did notice that the uh, NFL is like flirting with the xfl idea of the of the kickoffs um which which would be i think would be great you know but um if that happens it would be great if it doesn't you know it's, it's still fine but um yeah that's i think that's great i think the xfl is a great league for players to push to do well in that league and push on to to the nfl i think maybe 30 or 40 players from the xfl this season are now getting opportunities or have signed with nfl teams which is huge you know so the yes sir definitely uh, the the I think Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, the Rock, he calls it the 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 League of Opportunity, which is which is a perfect name for it. You know, I think. Yes, sir, no doubt. And a lot of people don't like the term developmental, but I do because it gives you the chance as a player to get better on that field with reps, <clears throat> and as well as get game time film. I mean, for, for you as a kicker, it's crucial. You need you need that stuff. So yeah, I mean. I think it's a great thing also, and it changes daily in terms of who else is getting signed or practicing with a team. So you are correct. The opportunities are endless when you come play here with the XFL. And I notice myself, when you're a successful kicker in the spring leagues or the alternative leagues, you you will have your opportunities. There's no doubt. And you'll see a lot of these guys that, you know, they played in like um, just the AAF. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That was the Alliance of American Football. Yeah. It shut down, but I mean, you got Young Way Fu or Young Way Koo. It, it, he he's super successful with the Atlanta Falcons. Super yeah, super he, good really, athlete. Really good kicker. He's done very well, you know. Yep, yep. Pro Bowl kicker. I mean, he, he's legitimate in what he's doing. Yep, no doubt about it. So I mean, <clears throat> Shane actually, Shane Graham actually works out with him as well. You know, trains him as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're you're right in the network. You need to be in, no doubt. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, how do you feel your experience of, of being around the world, like uh, of being in different places, has in, uh, impacted your skills on and off the field as a teammate or actually kicker for, you know, for any team? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's massive. Um, you know, I, I'm a very I'm a very mature guy for my age, even though, you know, I'm a wild one, no doubt about it. That's for sure. But I'm very mature. I'm very locked in, you know what I mean? And uh, but the thing about it is, is uh, you know, um, I've built up a lot of contacts over the world. I've been through a lot of struggles in my life from traveling around the world on my own. I know, you know, how to adapt to different cultures, different environments, new teams where I go into. Like I went to Nebraska, I met some friends for life, you know what I mean, Nebraska. Some people would struggle to go to Nebraska, you know what I mean, and, and start a new life there. You know, I went there and uh, 
you know, I thrive in that environment. And so I feel like for me, like it's not necessarily, I got it. Like when I finished my, my, my contract in uh, Jacksonville, Armada in Florida, you know, uh, two, like a few months later, I was hopping on a flight to, to Australia, the other side of the world on my own. I mean, I started need life over there on my own. So for me, it's not necessarily about, oh, like looking at a map and look how far away this place is. No, I don't think about that. You know what I mean? Once I've got accommodation, a place to live, I've got a, work, a, a structure, structure where I can work out every day. I've got food on the table. And I've got a good people surrounding me. I don't care where I am in the world. I'm going to succeed, you know? I love it, man. Great, yeah. great answer. Yeah. Do you miss, I mean, what, what do you miss from home? Do you miss anything? Uh, I know being an adventurer, I mean, that's a little limited, but. I miss the Guinness. They've got the best Guinness in Ireland because Guinness, <laughs> I love Guinness. Like, But Guinness is actually made in Ireland. Like, It's like factories in Dublin. So it's like the Irish pubs actually get the freshest Guinness first. So I, when I go home. I do enjoy my Guinness when I go home, but yeah, I do, I do, I do miss Guinness. It's, it's a lot better back home. But also, of course, I miss my friends and my family as well. So, I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to get home for a week or two this Christmas and uh, link in with everyone. You know, so it's gonna be good. Understood, understood. Yeah, I, I didn't really know much about uh, being in Ireland or being an Irishman until we talked and I started doing some research. And then y'all have a very fun culture. I, I would much like to visit over that way very soon myself just to check it out. Yeah, look, it's it's a great little country, you know. It's uh, it's very small, you know. New York, New York State is bigger. New York State is bigger than Ireland. You know, it's a small country, but it's, uh, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of my roots. You know, I mean, I'm a proud uh, McInerney and I'm a proud Irishman. So, um, it's somewhere where I love to go back and visit everyone. But um, sometimes I get distracted when I'm home because you know I think in America, America is really the land of opportunity, and it's uh, I'm very focused and driven over here. There's a lot of opportunity from me over here, so I do see my future over here, you know. But it's also great to get back home and see everyone as well, you know. So yes sir yes sir yeah I, I, myself personally i've never left the u.s so much respect to you sir <laughs> i appreciate your stories and your experience yeah no worries i i, I can't i think for anyone anyone that's young you know what i mean and finished college or something like the, the best advice i can give them is go travel the world because if i had left ireland when i was 19 i would not be the person i am today and i would not have the experiences i have you know what i mean and uh um i have a very open mind because i've seen a lot of the world you know what i mean so it's uh it's really good. You kind of look at things very differently, you know, so that's good. Yes, sir. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, let's ask you a few more questions here, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <clears throat> so before we ask, this is a two-parter. How do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with hard times as a player or as a person? However you want to answer that, feel free. Um, I think logically I don't react. So when I was younger, I was a very reactive person. I used to react to situations, um, you know, whether it be good or bad. I don't react anymore. I've been through so much that if you react to your emotions in a certain way, that's going to interrupt how you how you make your decision and deal with that problem. So, um, for instance, uh, I got released from Orlando Predators this year after three games. I was 20 on 22 on kicks. They released me. I could have, you know, got emotional, you know, got, got pissed off and, you know, done some people might have took that the wrong way they said you know i got released and looking in a negative way but i knew that I had three really good games so what i done was an hour after i got released i reached out to my friend in bulgaria who does my video footage i've never met him but he does my video footage for me in soccer and everything i reached out to him and i said hey can you do my footage for me and i sent him all my times and everything on youtube he got back to me a day later so i had that footage for the three games i pitched that footage out to every team in america every indoor team in america and i think that two days later the Arizona Rattlers uh, had me on a flight to Arizona and offered me a contract, you know. So awesome. uh, they're, they're the top, they're, they're actually the top or they're the top indoor organization 
in the country. The Rattlers are a huge organization. So I was very happy with that, you know. So, yeah, I think the big thing for me dealing with adversity is understanding that, look, this is normal. Um, you got to go through failures before you have success. Every successful person has been through a lot of failures before they achieve success. So you got to realize that and understand that a lot of people are afraid to fail. That's why they don't take chances or take risks or, you know, try and put themselves out there. But I've been through so many ups and downs in my life that I know that um, they make me stronger and more resilient and they lead me to where I'm meant to be. And I feel like, you know, yeah, I got released from the Orlando Predators and everything happens for a reason it led me to it led me to get the opportunity with the rattlers and i had a really good season and now you know i'm looking forward and i'm hoping to to be in the xfl next year you know so yes sir yes sir now so if you you would have been released if you wouldn't have hustled and you wouldn't have done that and put that on your shoulders i mean we can almost say you probably wouldn't have played in an arena football team this season correct yeah i don't think so i mean if i uh you know i had job offers i had a full-time job offers i was uh once once I was released, you know, I, I looked into I looked into every situation, how I would tackle this, but I knew I wanted to keep playing. Um, but I did have job offers in Florida, near Orlando, that I was going to pursue until something with football came up, you know. I That's went true. to manage, I went to manage an Irish bar for a week or two to get some money together and help a guy out there that I know. And then uh, I was also offered a marketing job with a, with a vacation company, which would have been great as well. Maybe I'll go back and do that in the future when I finish playing football, but... Uh, once the Rattlers contacted me, look, I said, yeah, get, get me on a flight. And I, I went there, you know, so and, and I really enjoyed it here in Arizona. You know, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this next question will go right into that, too. I mean, what's the biggest hardship so far you've had? Uh, did, is that the biggest hardship or has there been tougher situations that you've dealt with since, I guess, this path to greatness as a kicker? Um, well, I don't know, actually. I'm trying to think. Uh Biggest hardships as a kicker or uh, along the journey? I don't know. I've probably it's probably been tough. I haven't seen my family in two years. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for the last two years. I haven't seen my family in Ireland in two years. You know, a lot of guys here that play with the Rattlers. Some of them are, you know, they're from Arizona. They get to see their family and stuff every day. But uh, look, I, I know that I'm uh, I'm chasing this journey on my own. You know what I mean? And it's something that I know that I can succeed with. So. If I don't see my family, I'm not too worried about. It. You got FaceTime and you got stuff that you can stay in contact with them now. But um, yeah, that's probably probably been away from from family and friends for so long. But at the end of the day, I know it's for the best, and I know it's going to lead me to 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 a better place. You know, sir. Yes, sir. Is your family big over that way? I mean, what what you say, family? Are we talking? Are we talking immediate family? Or you got a big? Just basically trying got, to understand. I've it. got a small immediate family, but I've got like a lot of like. Cousin on the McInerney side of my family, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of cousins, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, you know. So I've got my mom, uh, my stepdads, and my stepbrother, and my immediate family. Uh, my dad died when I was one, so he's not around. But I've got an uncle, his brother, who I speak to every day, Jerry McInerney, and he's a he's a sportsman in Ireland. He's uh, he's well known in Ireland, you know, for sports. So he's someone that I actually call every single morning when I wake up and I have a conversation with him, and uh, he, he keeps me, keeps me in tune, you know. What I mean, he keeps me dialed in, which is great, you know. Yep, and that will lead light, right into my next question. Who are, who are your role models? Who do you really look up to? I mean, it, athletically or personally, it doesn't really matter. Whichever. I mean, in the morning, who do you want to who, who do you want to make proud? I want to make my mom proud the most. You know, I mean, she's been she's been a really strong person for me. You know, um, I really want to do a lot of this for her and be successful for her. But I think my role models, uh, the first number one is Jerry McInerney, my uncle. He's a uh, He's a huge role model for me, and as I said, he's he's kind of a big name back in Ireland. I mean, the McInerney name is a is a big sporting name in Ireland, and he's uh, he achieved a lot uh, playing hurling in Irish sport there. And 
he's just very uh he's got a he's got a similar mindset to me you know what i mean obviously he's my uncle but he's uh he keeps me locked in you know what i mean he gives me great advice when i need it and then also you got shane graham and nick novak are two role models for me as well you know what i mean some guys i look up to i've done a lot of research on them before i even reached out to them and got to know them and i know they've been there and done that so look i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to them and take their advice and you know they're going to give me advice to help me as well and the zenjs brothers are great as well you know and they're like they're like a family here for me the guys here in arizona you know i, I link up with them every two two or three times a week you know what i mean and they're really like brothers to me they're they're really really good guys and uh yeah so i think it's really important to be surrounded by people i'm also a huge conor mcgregor fan you know i don't agree with everything he does but um i, I got a lot of motivation off him growing up you know what i mean um yep. as an athlete and uh he kind of he went through a st struggle in ireland you know financially in ireland he, he kind of he was going through a struggle you know he's on the social welfare in ireland and when he was younger and he decided to pursue you know the the fighting and he'd done very well but it, like in a similar situation to me i was on social welfare when i was in uh in COVID in ireland i wasn't working you know and i was getting i was getting social welfare you know so i wasn't making a lot of money but that's how that's when i started this journey so me and him have, have similar uh i think s similar stories in a way you know where we both started in that in that in that sense you know so yeah that's awesome man i mean it, it, he definitely worked his way up to an empire. So I, I can see definitely how there's a role model aspect. Yeah. It, you're right. He's got some quirks, but <laughs> he's a champion. And he's, his, he's, his mindset's incredible. He's, he's built yeah. an empire himself, you know, and people are going to hate him. But at the end of the day, they, they, they'd also love to be him, you know. So. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to another one, man. What is your most enjoyable experience so far during play or your career? You know? For kicking, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick yeah, um, I'd say all of it, to be fair. I'm just kind of, all of it. Like, it's all been really good. Um, I think, you know, yeah, every environment I've been into, like the Peru States and Nebraska was a really good thing for me just to get started and get going. And I'm just really enjoying this journey, you know. Like, uh, I think, like, I'm different than some people. I'm very hungry, you know. Like, I've only done this for two years and I'm willing to give it 10 years, you know. There's some other guys started kicking when they're 14 or 15. They might have gone to a D1 school and then, they just go they decided like that they've done it long enough you know what i mean and if they got if they don't have opportunities they're just going to go and pursue something else like other jobs which yeah that's fine too but i think for me the fact that this is all new to me and i'm learning you know i'm not going to hit my peak for another few years you know what i mean which is great so it's something that uh i'm very hungry for this and just learning all the time and it's like a it's like a bit it's like a game you know what i mean it's just like i'm just like figuring it out as i go but i'm really i'm really enjoying it it's just it's, it's amazing yeah like i love I love football. I love America. I came to love American football. I've only started watching American football two years ago, you know. And uh, so when I started, I didn't really watch it much before. But I love the sports and I love the kicking aspect. And I just, yeah, really, really enjoy it. You know, it's kind of ruthless and it's a, it's a violent sport too, you know. But it's, uh, it's, it's great, you know. And like when you're in that, when you're in that, that group of team together with, with with a group of guys, you guys are brothers for life. You know, I mean, it's amazing. You know, like it's, uh, it's really good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All respectable answers for sure. The the passion is what's driving you, I can tell. I mean, what yeah, to be very, great very, comes second, but the passion's first. Yeah, look, I'm very driven. Look, I'm I'm not uh I'll be on the door tonight, you know, working the door until two thirty AM in the morning and in in a in a bar and surprise, but all I'll be thinking about on the door, I'll be doing my job, but I'll be thinking about this football and that next that next next kick over the next few days. You know what I mean, so I'll uh, even though I'll be doing something else to make money, I'll be focusing on uh, that tunnel vision of what, what I want to achieve, you know. So Yes, sir, yes, sir. I got a couple more questions for you and then then that'll be it. Like I said, I don't want to keep you on too low, man. I appreciate your time so far. Sounds good. I just need to plug this into charge. Yeah, no mode. problem. Go ahead. You're good. We got time. Here's
All right, should we go now? Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. All right. So, in your opinion, what makes a successful professional kicker? What makes someone successful being a pro level kicker? That's a good question. Um, I think, first of all, you got to be accurate and you got to be consistent. So, you got to have, you got to be accurate, you got to be consistent. You have to, you, at the end of the day, you're going to be judged off your stats no matter what. If your stats aren't good, you're not going to have an opportunity. You know, if you're, if you're finishing a season 60 70 percent you're really not gonna you're not gonna have much of a chance so accuracy and consistency consistency is really important and then the second one i would say is your mindset your mental strength that's huge i mean having the ability to every kicker is going to miss a kick now and again and um the biggest thing when you miss a kick is not reacting or showing a lot of emotion it's just like for me when i miss a kick i don't show a lot of emotion it's right on to the next kick you know what i mean and that's what that's what coach guy arizona rattlers really really likes about me you know what i mean he knew that uh he knew that if i did miss a kick in the game that more than likely i'm going to get the next kick you know and that's why i showed the season with the rattlers so i think mental strength is huge dealing with adversity and bouncing back and i think me is me personality what separates me from a lot of guys other kickers is that i'm 30 obviously i'm 31 but there might be some kickers that are younger than me but i think they've not been through the struggles or adversity or life experience that i have in life so um i feel like if i miss a kick I don't, you know, I don't let it phase me. I just move on to the next one, which is really important. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, it, you can see it on television. You can see it in a game once the kicker misses a kick and, and he's down. And then, like you said, typically it will spread into his gameplay that game or maybe more games as we go. So it's a great, great yeah. quality to have. No, it's like, I, I, dealt with, I dealt with a lot of adversity this year with the Rattlers. You know, um, we've got the Arizona Rangers um, in a game away and I missed the field goal. I missed a few, it was a 34, I would say, a 35-yard field goal, and it was a game winner. So it was like regular time, it was a game winner, came down to that field goal. I missed it by maybe three inches to the right in, in the indoor, so in the eight-air post. I missed it. It was it was a good hit, but missed it, and I didn't let it phase me And then because I knew we were going to go into overtime. So we went into overtime, and then the opportunity came for me to hit another winning kick. And I got that, you know, so uh, we won the game. We beat the Rangers. So that was something that I dealt with adversity in that game, but I didn't let it control me. You know, I got on with it since I was ready for the next kick, you know. So. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get one more good question for you. Uh, what do you have to offer a professional team as your career progresses? As you continue getting better and, and speaking of now, what, what do you have to offer any team, whether it be XFL or NFL or uh, Europe League or, or anything? Yeah, so um, first and foremost, an accurate and consistent kicker. You know, I think I'm going to make the majority of my kicks. You know, I mean, that's that's number one. And uh, number two is having the ability to win win a game for my team. You know, I've done that and I've shown I can do it. Um, so that's number two. Number three is that my character. I've got a big personality in the dressing room. You know, I get on with all the guys. I'm not a shy person. I'm not a quiet person. I don't back down. You know, what I mean, so it's something that uh, that culture and been in that environment and been able to mix with other guys and get on with the team is really really um important you know so um you know some kickers might be a little bit quieter or something uh, i'm not that guy you know i mean i've got a big personality i'm, I'm a, i i would consider myself a leader in the dressing room as well even though i'm a kicker i you know i consider myself a leader in the dressing room as well so understood in terms of gameplay i mean you feel like you can keep up with anybody on in, on the field right now and just kicking 
yeah, look, I've, uh, I'm a very confident guy. I know I know my abilities, but I also think that pa time and patience is everything. You know, what I mean, uh, some people reach out to me and they'll say, "Look, are you going to get a chance in the NFL?" And I kind of t I'll, I'll let them know. I say, "No doubt about it. When the time is right, you know." But uh, I think if I if I had a chance in the NFL maybe a year ago, maybe I would have got in and I wasn't really ready, you know. But yep. playing the playing the IFL and getting all this experience, um, when the time comes, uh, you know, um, I will be ready. But I think a realistic pathway for me is going to be. Um, look, I've I've done well in the IFL this year. Um, my plan is to be in the XFL next year, and I know that if I have a good season and if I go over ninety percent in the XFL, if and when I'm there, that I'll get my opportunity in the NFL, and that's kind of the pathway I'm looking at. You know, so um, it's not going to happen overnight. As I said, I'm willing willing to give this ten years, but I'm confident uh, I'm going to end up in the NFL. Yeah. Yes, sir. Very very good answer. Yeah, I was going to ask you your for future plans, but but you included it in there, no doubt. I mean. You've got a good head on your shoulders. The passion is there as well as the skill. So, uh, Shane, I look forward to what happens to you down the line and, and keeping up with your career. And, yes. and I mean, it, at this point, the XFL or any other league is going to be uh, – they're going to have to be watching for you because you, you've definitely got the skills to be a professional. And I can tell currently you already are. I mean, just, just me speaking, uh, I can tell you got it, man. So, yeah, I greatly yeah, look forward to seeing what you accomplish. Yeah, look, I'm I'm gonna be the next few months are gonna be a pretty exciting. I'm gonna be working hard with with my team and the people around me, and uh, once that opportunity comes, I'm gonna be ready and I'm gonna make sure that I I take it with both my hands, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. So your future plans are opportunities. You're about to either take them or prepare for them. Either way. Yeah, look, I've got a clear vision of what my ten the next ten years of my life looks like, and that that's playing football. You know what I mean, and as a professional, and I'm gonna be a professional kicker for the next ten years, and uh, that's that's all that's on my mind, and. Maybe I'll go into coaching or something after that, but I'm I'm pretty confident the next ten years I'll have a career as a kicker. You know, so that's awesome, Shane. <clears throat> Shane, I appreciate you meeting with me today and discussing this. Uh, that that's basically going to wrap up the interview portion of what's going on. I don't want to keep you on here for two hours, you know, bugging you. But no I feel like we got to know you as a player as well as a person during this interview. And, and my thing here is bridging that gap for everyone at home to see and, and to see who you are and what you have to offer. And, and you definitely accomplished that today. So I appreciate you greatly for coming. Yeah. Thank you very much, Matthew. I appreciate you for reaching out uh, and having me on, you know, it's a, uh, it's been a pleasure. Look. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we close out, uh, it, and I'll, I'll put all your links for like your Twitter and I've seen some of your YouTube stuff. I'll put that in the show notes, but is there anything you want people at home to follow you on or keep up with? This is also an audio podcast. I just started the live about a month ago. Yeah, no, not really. To be honest, Sam, I mean, but my name is Shane McInerney. So if you want to type that in social media and you, you can follow my journey on there, you're more than welcome. But um, look, I'm not, I'm not crying out for followers or anything. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm focused on me. But if they want to follow like me, that, that's, that, that's up to them, you know, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like it, man. I just want to ask some, some people get a little salty if I don't include that portion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I appreciate you, brother. And I look forward to hearing if you need anything, reach out to me and, and I can help in any way I can. And either way, man, I hope you're playing for my roughnecks next year and I can, I can really root for you then, but no matter what, I'll be, I'll be going for your success, bro. So great. Thank you so much. It. Cheers. Thank you, Shane. Good luck, man. All right. Thanks.